So this morning I'd like to um, just uh, talk a little bit about the balance of these two primary wings of the meditative practice, the samatha, calming, and vipassana, insight, and the balance between them. Uh, So as to encourage us today to begin to explore this for ourselves and apply, continue to apply and deepen and cultivate these two dimensions of the practice, which complement and support each other. So the, the, we've been focusing a little bit more the first few days uh, and we encourage to continue to deepen that and to continue to create as a foundation this practice of samatha, calming meditation, which literally means the stilling of the thinking mind or the calming of the thinking mind. And we've been exploring that as the, or placing that within the cultivation of the middle part of the path, the application of this path activity, which is the cultivation of samadhi, or gatheredness, by, through the practice, a very, very simple practice, as the Buddha encouraged, by moment to moment, little by little, to encourage through the use of first of all, a thought to help direct attention to being here, here in a particular kind of way, being here in relationship to the body and breath. This is our primary foundation. So to train attention, which is a dimension of awareness, to train that attention to be connected so that our experience of what we're with becomes rooted in the fundamental root of the mind, which is awareness. It connects with this aware awareness, which is also what we engage when we cultivate vipassana. This awareness is also reflective. It can reflect on our experience. So steadying, being here, being with the breath, gathering, calming. This is the foundation of the meditative practice and then also opening the awareness or opening to contemplate our experience. Sometimes vipassana is translated as wise reflection or inquiry or investigation. Sometimes it's uh, placed within one of the enlightenment factors, Dhamma Vijaya, which means to investigate Dhammas, to investigate Dhammas, slightly different meaning than the Dharma. Dhammas, D-H-A-M-M-A-S. Dhammas means like thing, thingness. Uh, the, the experience of thingness as it comes together in a moment of experience, the thingness of a thought, the thingness of a feeling of a a mind state. So so this exploration of dhammas, this inquiry. So it has this, this vipassana has a a, a sort of passive aspect to it, a receptive aspect of receiving through this 
open awareness, what is, but it also has a, an active p- aspect of investigation to look into, to look deeply into the nature of our experience, to look beneath the surface of what we usually assume for the sake of liberating the citta, liberating the heart from false assumptions, from burdens that aren't actually ours ultimately to carry, from the sense of the identification of the mind, not knowing its own root as aware, free, it identifies and gets shaped by the patterning and the flow of phenomena. This becomes the experience of the self. And as soon as that happens, there's a sense of struggle and limitation, constriction. So in some ways, implied, as we open a little more and be willing to investigate our experience, In some ways it implies that we're allowing ourselves to be disturbed (laughs) by our experience. So it's not so controlled in a way, vipassana. And and for this reason it's a very important aspect of the meditation because it's transportable beyond the meditation retreat when we can't control the environment that we, the environments that we move through. Here, the silence, the steadiness, the schedule, the interiority really helps to support this root of the calming meditation. That's why we, you know, after we get over the, some of the initial reactions, we, we find it's so helpful. But unfortunately, we can't, uh, we can't transport this environment in this context around with us. <laughs> take you all with us (laughs) as we move into whatever unfolds in our life. And so this vipassana is rooted in what's called wisdom, to have wisdom, that the wisdom is what liberates, not just our capacity to, to control and to enter into, control the environment and enter into more peaceful states of mind. Although those are very important and very refreshing and a very strong base for clarity of insight. They are also, those states are also part of the impermanence of phenomena. So sometimes Ajahn Chah would say, so don't meditate like, a, like you uh, have a good lawyer. He says sometimes, you know, go and on retreat or, or or you go to meditate and get calm and peaceful. He says it's like having a lawyer springing you out of jail. You know, you go and to sort of just get get out of one's crazy life just to calm down a bit. But you haven't really understood what gets you into trouble yet. You haven't really investigated. So this vipassana is to look more deeply as to the causes and how we land up in states of suffering and struggle, stress, so that we can actually address whatever the circumstance, wherever we are, we can address that through this practice, wherever the suffering arises in the, at the contact of the mind itself. 
wisely and discern wisely, supported by the strength of a gathered, of this gathering of samadhi and samatha, calming and focus. So we, you know, traditionally and and um, really profo- profoundly and ongoingly, we go to as a template within which we can explore. We tend to begin with the very common experience of these hindrances, which were mentioned last night in Kirisara's talk, because it's something we experience all of us every day. Some aspect of the hindrances. So just to go through them again, I know many of you have heard them again and again, and <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, but they're important because actually, generally speaking, it's our inability to really clearly see hindrances when they arise and to know how to meet them in that moment and work with them creatively, inquiring into them it's a, a difficulty in doing that because we don't have enough strength of mind sometimes to do that, enough focus that we land up becoming tangled by them. So this is a, a template to have a really, it's really an important template to have some kind of working knowledge of and some capacity to, to uh, explore experience within that framework. This first one called sometimes Kama Chanda. It's a, it's a form of desire. There's many kinds of different forms of desire. Sometimes when de- desire is distilled and purified, all of these energies have a sort of distillation and purification and they can become a positive, like a desire can support our practice as it starts to transform into aspiration. So it's not to look at these energies and say, oh, they're bad, or put a judgment value on them, but it's to explore them when they're uninformed and not illuminated by wisdom and and, and not transformed or purified. So this first desire is to, particularly in this frame of the first hindrances is usually talking about the desire that's that agitates in relationship to the senses the 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 desire for some kind of sensory experience or some sense of needing to be filled filled you know looking for something in the mind discontent starts to scan the sensory realm looking for something to absorb into you know, pleasant sight sound smell taste touch thought form memory storyline fantasy it can also be that which is um, you know connected with a sense of longing for something or last for someone, that which seeks to absorb uh, into the other, to find completion. It's subtle to more coarse levels. It's a very profound energy of the mind. It's uh, operating quite 
continually and often in in our in human consciousness it lots gets shaped by this energy and it's often quite unconscious to us the self becomes shaped by it so in the vipassana as we start to steady and calm and we can't actually move on that energy so easily we have the chance as kirisawa was saying last night in the, through the limitations that we put ourselves within, we have the chance to contemplate that energy instead. <coughs> Connected to, to that and often underlying that energy, or very close to that energy, is the second sphere of the hindrances, which is the, the uh, energy of uh, aversion or uh, resistance, don't really want to be here. And so then it stimulates this looking for somewhere else. You can go into deeper patterns or more prof- powerful patterns of, of hatred. We, c- we can all feel that. But generally, it's, it's for, uh, for an everyday level, it's more pervasive as a sense of sort of... Um, some kind of subtle aversion or resistance to the moment, to our experience, to what is, gets projected onto the self. And we feel grumpy and uh, colors the mind, the jitta, the heart, projected onto others around us, the world. The mind's projectors, projects, projects. So obviously when that's operating, it's very hard to really have this deeper ease in samadhi, to to rest in the moment, in our being, in our body. There's always, when that's operating, we're always, there's an agitation, which is connected to the third hindrance. They're all, it's just a hologram, so we're just pulling out the threads so we can see the energies a little more in a particular way for the sake of this contemplation this inquiry, this third sphere of uh, usually translated as restlessness, agitation, anxiety, fretting, worry. It's the mind when it's tinged with that. Sorry, that's the fourth hindrance. The third one classically, we'll come back to that just now, the third one classically is uh, heaviness. It's the opposite of restlessness. Sense of heaviness or dullness, denials, shutting down. The fourth one, this restlessness and anxiety. And the fifth one is, uh, is the mind caught in a doubt, sort of paralyzed, sabotaging our efforts yeah. can get very chronic sometimes there's a, a pervasive state don't quite know what to do should I do this, should I do that was this working, it's not working I'm not good enough, I can't do and it can also activate some very deep and painful um, early patternings to do with our sense of worth our sense of placement our sense of capacity. So, 
So the first thing before we can remedy and begin to um, subdue the power of some of these states as they arise, these energies as they arise, the first thing is to be able to notice that they've arisen. That which can notice the hindrances isn't hindered, this awareness that we're cultivating, this sturdiness that can actually, the that which is, when we bring this attention and awareness to the breath, that same intention and awareness can turn to the experience of the hindrances if and as they arise. For the sake of inquiring and then knowing that that which can no doubt isn't doubting. It's actually very clear. You can just say this is, this is a moment of doubt rather than, oh my God, what should I do? And the mind goes off into this skittish panic, slides all over the place and got to speak to someone, got to get an answer. It's a very different experience than in the insight, just saying, first of all, knowing this is, this is doubt. So it gives us that some space, some space of mindfulness, mindful response. We replace the reactivity or being shaped by that energy with a moment of mindfulness. Mindful, clear, investigative energy. There's a sense of empowerment. We can explore this. This is a dhamma rather than me becoming shaped by that energy. It's a dhamma. It's a part of nature. We can contemplate it. We can investigate. How does it hit us? Desire, aversion, restlessness, dullness. How does it feel in the body. This is when we come into the body meditation, we can begin to feel, how does it feel, a constriction, uh, a um, agitation, a heaviness. How does it flood and color the mind? What kind of thoughts does it activate? Stories. How do we experience it energetically? It maybe fires the brain and get, as we activate around these energies. So as we start to notice we're in those territories and it's like a little bit of a red light can go off. Ah, okay, this is happening. It's a hindrance. It's one of the classical dhammas to contemplate. So we just start to, to calm down, to take a few breaths, to deepen, to deepen the breath and to to say, this is okay, this is a part of the practice, this is the willingness to be disturbed for the sake of, or as our teacher Ajahn Chah would say, the sake of uh, suffering to end suffering rather than unconsciously suffering like mad, not knowing what's going on. (coughs) So yes, it's uncomfortable to turn to these... uh, disturbances. And usually we have very deep patterns of of denial and deflection and repression that operate at that moment. So instead we just go, this is a hindrance and that helps to, uh, to begin to have a working relationship. (coughs) 
as we start to explore, we can, there's, there are remedies that we can begin to apply. We notice the mind is lost in the first hindrance of, of, of sensory desire, looking for something or someone to absorb into. It's just, just the encouragement is just to, to let go, to let be, to pull the minds back from that energy. We notice we're caught in aversion and resistance and hostility. The encouragement is to soften around that energy, to be a bit kinder, a bit more spacious, a bit more patient as we start to explore it. And maybe within that there might be, in each of these energy forms, there might be some wisdom in there, something we need to hear. Like Maybe we need clearer boundaries in life, say, for example. If we find ourselves irritable a lot, resentful. The restless and the dull, dullness and the restlessness the dullness to take uh, time to really um, inquire what is this like, to maybe apply a bit more energy, take a few deeper breaths, to open the eyes, to explore that shutting down. I don't want to know that heaviness. Or on the opposite, when we find ourselves caught in this anxious, fretting, worrying, doubting, the, f- the territory of the fourth and fifth hindrance. It's very, very helpful when we're caught in that to come back to something very, very simple because those energies really dissipate the mind and kind of make us a bit crazy. So to say, I, I, all I have to do is be one breath at a time. Deepening the breath, focusing, focusing. It helps to gain some ground again, some stability, so that we can then use that stability to explore a bit more. How is it in the body? Where is it felt? What are the thought forms? So the more we see, it's like uh, Carl Jung would say that um, awakening or enlightenment is an imagining figures of light, but shining the light into that which is in the shadow, which we haven't seen clearly yet. So when we see, this is liberating. This is the liberating wisdom of insight. We realize we can free, we're free in that. that Maybe this hindrance is still operating, but we're not hooked into it. We've unhooked from the energy of it, the energetics. Yes, there may be still work to engage there, but we're not spinning with it. So you take a deep breath. Oh, that's a relief. just as it is. I can actually have some agency to explore, to investigate. So today as we practice to explore this balance of continuing our steadying, our focusing, one breath at a time, gathering, being with the body, being with each step, being with the body as we move around, the practice of the breath, and also being 
willing to explore, disturbance arrives, a hindrance gets activated, to rather than, oh, my meditation's going wrong, to realize it's going right. This is what's supposed, this is a fruit. This is one of the fruits, not a very comfortable one, but to see what has not been seen yet clearly. So Ajahn Chah would say, made an analogy, he said, these two meditations, he said, it's a bit like the samatha, the calming, the gathering, the samadhi. He said, it's a bit like building a candle. You know, but at a certain point you have to light the candle to illuminate what's there. If you just build a massive candle, that's great, but, you know, the chances are you're not going to see very much. But if you keep trying to light a match to see what's happening, and you haven't got any candle, then it just goes out. You try and look at some restlessness, the next minute you're just caught up in it. You've got no, one has no steadiness. So, they always said it's a bit like a log. You know, you you pick up a log, the one end is the samatha, the calming, the other is the insight, vipassana. You know, they're both connected. They're part of the same. It's part of the one mind. But we just, for the sake of talking, we say we're, we're, we're picking up this side a bit more or that side a bit more. But actually, you pick up the whole log, you're picking up both. You, for the awakening process, we're engaging both of these dimensions of the meditative process. So we can uh, be very patient. This is a patient practice. And seeing in the, you know, seeing what's arising moments by moments, seeing that it's changing, vibrating, moving, and so resting a bit more in our the fundamental awareness of the heart, not getting so, we get so, I do, we all do, we get so, well, maybe not you, maybe not, maybe, so just, uh, but I can see in myself how much one can unnecessarily suffer by reacting so much to the complexity and the movement and the phenomena of our experience. And this vipassana insight's a way of just just finding and settling back and settling into a little more equanimity, seeing that whatever hindrance arise, whatever's arising, it's changing, it's moving, and so we can also, rather than being so reactive to the the, the uh, particularity of each experience, each thought form, so compelled to have to respond and engage, to be able to see the changingness of it, the changing flow of phenomena. And as we notice that, we, we notice this awareness, that which is just aware, just present, just listening, just reflecting on the moments of our experience, simply here, 
simply now. So if you uh, come into your sitting posture in a way that you feel comfortable, Again, if it's helpful, just beginning with a, with a few deepening breaths. You feel the breath from the pathway of the breath from the nostrils down into the body. You really feel that breath energy suffusing through your body as you breathe in and then as you breathe out, softening down through the body, the jaw down through the shoulders and the arms and the torso. In the belly and through the legs, the soles of the feet. Right from the top of the head down through the body as we breathe out. Just releasing some of the way we hold in the body and as we breathe in, suffusing the breath through the body. Feeling a subtle lengthening through the spine, opening down through the chest, down into the belly. So just taking a few moments to steady, subtly energize the body with the breath, steady. Your attentiveness within your embodied experience Breathing out, softening, releasing. A very simple practice of just being here with how it is. Finding the right quality of effort, not too lax, so you drift away, not too strong, so you cre- create uh, tension and stress, just enough to be steady, to be here. <coughs> As you receive your experience, the fullness as a, encouraged by the Buddha to be sensitive to the whole body, 
as you breathe in and as you breathe out, calming the whole body as you breathe in, as you breathe out. And as we receive what's here, just one can from time to time, just ask what's happening now. We notice the feeling tone, mind state, what is present for us now? You can notice, is there any uh, quality of any of the hindrances present? We might feel it's just very center, peaceful, nothing much, that's fine. Just to continue then to steady, to deepen with this practice of being with awareness, with the breath, in any way that feels most comfortable for us. If we ask this question, what's happening now? We notice maybe some dullness or longing or resistance or worry. Not sure, feeling of not sure. You can just notice what, how that is, how that feels in the body, the energetic experience. Maybe if there's thinking connected, we can notice that. And just steadying within the experience. And being willing to turn our attention, our awareness to what is felt, what is known to explore, how is it? Not taking what is felt and experienced so personally as a problem, but more from a place of interest, inquiry, from a place of compassion and kindness and patience. Remembering that whatever is arising, we can always return to our refuge. This breath in this moment, this awareness of the heart this knowingness of the mind. One breath at a time. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash
donate.